taking from my experience, uh, uh, you don't need five years. All that you need is two years of working under a master architect, hmm. master designer. You don't need any of this education. Hey guys, welcome to yet another episode of the Arkyan podcast, a podcast all about architecture, tech and design, BIM and a whole lot more. This is part two of our two-part series with Dr. Benny Kuriakos, a leading sustainable architect from India. Now, in the previous episode, Dr. Benny spoke about his introduction to architecture, his chance meeting with Laurie Baker and a whole lot more. So if you haven't checked out that episode, head to arkyan.com slash 50. That will be there in the description. In this episode, we talk more about vernacular architecture, architectural conservation, architectural education, and we address certain questions like, do we really need to study for five years to become an architect? How to improve the architectural curriculum? Benny Sir's take on the controversial Central Vista project? And how to go about designing and promoting unconventional thinking? There's a whole lot more in this episode, and you'll find the episode show notes for this episode on arkyan.com slash 51. You'll also find all relevant links and more, which we'll put up in the description below. This podcast is sponsored by Arkyan Courses. Head to courses.arkyan.com to check out some of our new courses, which is right now on SketchUp and V-Ray. So this is Benny Kuriakos on his initial experiments with architecture part two. Let's go. But uh, how did you build that design uh, aesthetic, the sense of design or, uh, I mean, I'm sure like you traveled quite a bit and you worked with Laurie Baker, but uh, what defined Benny Kuriakos architecture? See, Benny Kuriakos architecture, the way people see me now came much, much later. Hmm. In uh, my first few years of my career, 1985 to 1992 or 1991, was blindly following Laurie Baker. Okay. I did not do even a single building with plastered work because if somebody came to me for a, you know, we like Baker's aesthetics, but we, we want a plastered building. I refused. I never took even a single commission or, or any of those things which right. happened at time. My buildings were exposed to work. I did not put any costly fixtures or any of those things in any of those buildings. And uh, so that is what, uh, what, I mean, I did what only Baker has done it. And, uh, but later on, uh, at some point, I decided to break away. Mm -hmm. And that breakaway was my turning point. I tell all my architects working in my office, my son is an architect, I tell him as well, shouldn't follow me. You will become a follower. Right. Learn from me and try to improve or modification, then you become a leader. So just do. So I took so many years to realize that fact. And in 90, I think it would have happened in 91, 92, I was going through a, again a thought process, how, how will I take my career further? Hmm. And at that point, I decided to do break away. I mean, I did not say because that's the only thing which I learned. I, I had to do it. I was forced to do it. And it did not come as a revelation one day morning, no. Situations forced me to do it. Hmm. And that's how I became 
uh, I, I, I did the projects in a different way. And many Kuriyakos would not have been noticed these days. He would have been seen as one of Lori Beta's followers, right. one among the hundreds of followers, if I had just continued my first seven years the way it was. Right. You, you, I hope you understand that. That's yeah. the change which has happened. All right. And now. It's taking very long. You are not bothered, isn't it? I mean, no, that, were, that's fine. I think that <laughs> it's more valuable <laughs> because you're uh, opening up, right? I see, I'm not. I've not told any of these stories anywhere. Okay. So that, I mean, you are asking me my journey. That's why I just put it, and you can do. I just started putting some Facebook posts of how I came. Yeah. yeah. I mean, I, I don't know whether you've seen any of my Facebook posts. So slowly, I just thought I'll cover my journey, not in a chronological order, but how, I mean, many of the experiences which I had with so many things. Yeah, and, and talking about, uh, I mean, I've seen some of your posts where, uh, you know, you vouch for traditional uh, architecture and, uh, you know, moving away from the West, like, um, but even like, if you see it uh, from a city's perspective, uh, we need to have that the efficiency is there, right? In West Western architecture, we need those kind of uh, buildings or that kind of architecture to sustain a city like a mega city or something along those lines. So what's your take on the re-emergence of uh, vernacular or sustainable architecture? See, I will say there is only, I, I don't believe in this classification of vernacular architecture and uh, I mean, somebody, I mean, various, various terms, tropical modernism, uh, yeah. various people use various kinds. I don't believe in it. Uh, uh, there is only good architecture and bad architecture. Hmm. Whether it is uh, using vernacular architecture, whether it's using concrete, whether it's using uh, steel, uh, it, it is immaterial. Hmm. One of the, my favorite buildings, if I choose 10 buildings, I've traveled to more than 50 countries. And one of my building will be the Pompidou Center. Mm -hmm. uh, it is made out of concrete and uh, all the services are expo beautiful building. And the environment around it is so nice. And uh, so, so each one has, the, uh, each one has a different thing. So this is not the way I would like to see it. Right. right. Now, I did, my first seven years, I did buildings, which is with a Baker style building, because that's the only thing which I knew. But now, over all these years, I've grown and everything. Now we have done flat roof, flat concrete roof buildings. We have mm -hmm. done very contemporary buildings. I mean, I posted one in Facebook very recently about a house we have done in Puno, fully with glass. Masonry is only a little bit in the toilet area. Okay. Bedrooms have three sides glass, fully glass. So, so I mean, so I've done buildings of it, which I did it over a much later period. So I don't believe this classification of this. Everybody should try to do good architecture. Mm. Uh, should try to avoid bad architecture. And, but what do you uh, mean by uh, bad architecture? See, many of the buildings which are coming in, most of the buildings which are coming up in our cities, 90% of the buildings is crap. You understand that? People mm. hate going to those buildings. 
Right. The public sees as a matchbox like structures and concrete disfigurement and uh, they hate these buildings. Of course, designed by architects, I have no hesitation in criticizing it. Okay. If my feelings is that I should be criticized in the same manner. Hmm. But uh, uh, these are buildings where people hate. Hmm. A building is good architecture. You see it even 100 times that building, you will still love it. Yeah. You understand that. I don't mind seeing Pompidou Center. I would have seen, I've been to Pompidou. I was in Paris just one and a half years ago. I was at Pompidou Center. Every time I go to Paris, I can't. I try to see, if Evil, Evil Tower, I would not have seen the name times. I would have visited Paris at least eight times. Hmm. And all eight times I've been to Pompidou Center. Eiffel Tower, I would have been six or seven times. You understand that I'm not saying even I mean this thing. So this is a kind of thing. The experience that you get by architecture is to be experienced. Architecture is not to be showcased. Architecture is not to be, I mean, uh, nice glossy photographs. And you see, how do you judge architecture now? How do you, the Indian public, I mean, at least the architects company, you just put your photo, photographs and put it in the magazine. I've seen people that if I take a photograph from this angle, this, this is the view I'm going to, while planning, they think on those lines. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> people think, if I photograph, I put it in a magazine, it is going to look like. Yeah. You understand that. So I'm not, this is not, architecture is for experience. It is meant for the people who are using it the people who are living in it, and that is very important. There are buildings which are built 20 years ago or 30 years ago, which has become obsolete. Forget about the traditional building. Buildings built with concrete and all these things has become obsolete. Nobody wants to go to those shopping malls or shopping complexes or office complexes. Mm. Designed by architects of those years, some of them are still living now. And I think it is because architecture has failed. The design has failed. Mm. You can't just blame the people saying that uses underground changes. It is the duty of the architect to foresee the changes which is happening in society. Otherwise, it is a failure. So when I design a building, I would like to see what is going to happen to that building 30 years down the line, 50 years down the line. I don't expect people to behave the same way it is now, but buildings should be able to adapt to those changes. Mm. You understand, and you should be able to enjoy seeing it again and again. That is architecture. Otherwise, it is buildings. Sorry to say that, 90% of the buildings which come up in our cities and in our things are, which is engineers construct buildings, you can't blame them because they're only constructed. But the architects, I mean, you can't blame them, it is to do with our education system and all those things. Now you have put the photograph of Dekshana Chitra in the screen. Yeah. People come there, 99% of the people who come to Dekshana Chitra, they might have been there 20 times, 10 times, 50 times, they still like it. Hmm. That should be architecture. You understand? It's, it's a bit difficult what is good and bad or uh, all those things, but it is a building which is, uh, uh, which should be where people like. I mean, people have come and told me, I, I like the building you have designed. My life has changed. Mm -hmm. 
I like the building. As of course, one lockdown came, one client came and told me, Benny, I'm I'm only enjoying the building now during the lockdown. <laughs> All right. Um, one of my other clients was one of the. He said, I'm taking one year sabbatical to spend my um spend in the house. So there are clients who think like that, and that is where the success. The house is not a something to be shown to the outsiders and to come in glossy architectural magazines. It is to be enjoyed by the people who are going to live in those houses. Yeah, architecture, architecture, architecture in a way is like improving the quality of your life, right? Yes, design should change life. Architecture should change life. And that is where I, I just find many of these things making, um, having a lot of changes. You, you understand that. That is, that is where a lot, lot of these changes are uh, happening. I mean, kind of. So, so I what I tried to do all these years to give a better quality architecture to my clients or users. I might have failed. It's very natural that you will not be successful in all the attempts. Hmm. To satisfy the physical requirements, it is very easy. I will say any fool can do it. Hmm. But to do something which is different and to make it into an experience is what the architect should be doing. I try to make every building which I design into an ex into considering the client's needs into account. That is why none of my buildings looks the same because I design for a particular client and each of the clients has different requirements. So I don't have the problem of making, I don't have a style of my own because each building looks different. Only thing is that recently I started taking up clients who, I mean, it. See, it is more difficult to do a building in a tropical, typical style of which, I mean, using vernacular and traditional element. It's very easy to do a minimalistic uh, modern building. Yeah. It is much more easy to do. If I can do this, I can do so. So, I, so the, I've started doing such buildings now. Hmm. So, because I told the office, one of the mistakes I've made in my career is to see me, see my career as an alternate stream. Mm -hmm. But now we have decided to go out of the alternate stream and make a part of the mainstream. So earlier, if a, if a, uh, say a real estate project or a builder's project came to me, I will refuse it. Mm. If it is three years ago, I would have refused. Somebody came to me to do the interiors of a project. I refused. But now I take it up. Mm -hmm. Because I, uh, I just wanted to enter into the mainstream and make changes to the to the thing so we would, we would like we are trying to enter into various typology mm -hmm. which there were certain typologies which we were never involved with but you will see in during the next three years uh, we have our office has entered into different different typologies which we never used to do i just got a client who say asked me whether i can do a factory building mm -hmm. i've never done a factory building so I just, I'm just thinking in uh, whether to take it up or not. We might do a factory building also. So, but that is, that is like some amount of, um, like the past uh, being introduced into these new kinds of projects, right? Or uh, the various traditional techniques. I mean, I'm, uh, like you mentioned, it's, it's, it's different, but the various techniques that you've learned over the years, you implement it in most of your projects, right? See, I'm not using vernacular architecture or traditional architecture as a style. Hmm. There are, if you go to the Chinese restaurant in Taj Koromandal in Chennai, five-star hotel, 
you will find a very modern building, contemporary RCC building. You go inside that room, you will find some Chinese art objects hung on the wall, painted red. Typically, the red is very auspicious color for the Chinese people. They have so many things in red. So just trying to do and they follow it in style. You go to a Chetinat restaurant, they put two Chetinat columns on the outside and call it a Chetinat restaurant. That is somebody following it in style. For yeah. me, vernacular yeah. architecture or traditional architecture was not like that. Got it. I try to undergo, go deeper into the principles, how it is coming. That is why, although I use these elements, because I use these elements because uh, I mean these. I mean, I, that is what I knew at that time, uh, uh, that particular point of time, so which became many people liked that kind of buildings. So, but I'm not using it as a style. I go deeper into it. And uh, my, my, the way I use the elements, the, the elements get merged into the building. It is very difficult to remove. For many others, it is just there as a style. You can remove it. You just remove the Chetanad column, put two Kerala columns, and then you can call it Kerala architecture. Yeah. For me, it is not like that. So, and uh, so each, each lot of my projects are done with a lot of thought process and a lot of involvement and uh, those things, which many of the clients might not understand it fully. And that is what, you should, what I should, I, I'll be, I'm, I'm trying to do. And also a, a, a brief about, uh, I mean, this venture of yours has been there since Laurie Baker, which is architectural conservation. Uh, but I want to ask you, like, how much of uh, technology have you implemented in the conservation of architecture now? Because we have something called point clouds and uh, various technologies coming up, which help in conserving architecture, right? Huh. You see, uh, uh, when I was doing this practice, I mean, with uh, Cosford and doing independent buildings, 85, 86. At that time, British Council and in association with INTAC introduced the scholarship scheme for people to go, go and study masters in UK hmm. on conservation, because there were no courses on architectural conservation in India at that time. Right. 19, uh, uh, first, they first introduced, gave two scholarships in 1985. First year, Charles Wallace. First two awardees of the Charles Wallace. Then I was the third or fourth because two people were awarded the Charles Wallace scholarship. Now there are hundreds of Charles Wallace scholarship people uh, in the country. So 86 applied for the scholarship to do a master's in conservation. The advantage there was in Europe. There's, in UK, there is a lot of flexibility. Hmm. Whether you want to do a, I mean, whether you are a civil engineer, also we can do many of these courses. So applied. Out of 39, out of the 39 architects and one civil engineer who applied the course, and the, the interview was there, and uh, it was held in Delhi. I I was selected <laughs> as nice. one of the persons. I mean, I mean, competing with uh, many of those architects. people. 13, I mean, this is, this is what happened. That is what I was told. And uh, my counterpart, my friend who got the scholarship, she is now the head of the department in the Department of Conservation, Delhi SPA. Mm. She was, uh, she's at present the head of the Department of Conservation. So we two right. were classmates. So we got the scholarship. And uh, so 
I went to UK, did the course. I was able to learn tremendously from the course. You see, one of the things you have to understand, 84, 85, 86, my interaction with the architectural community was very, very little. I did not interact with them very little. Even when I worked in Cosport, there was no architect working with Cosport. So my first year, one year in Cosport, there was no architect. And I was doing buildings independently. My only interaction is with Laurie Baker. Mm -hmm. My other things, I had a lot of friends, but uh, there was no any major interaction. Or, so I, I just learned and I did what I felt like doing. Yeah. But when I went to UK, uh, I was able to do reasonably well because they were talking about lime, they were talking about timber, they were talking about brickwork, and I, I mean, they were talking about all these details of traditional consumer, which is what Baker was doing. So I had my prior experience when I worked with Baker, my field experience there, mm. and there they taught about the concepts, mm. how to do architectural conservation, how to do an infill building. In a historical area, if you want to do a modern building, how will you do it? They took us for various field studies. We had exposure with so many architects, teachers, mm -hmm. and we had my classmates were from 17 countries. Wow. Because at that time, UK, that course was supposed to be the best in the world. Mm -hmm. So we had classmates. I mean, we had people from Canada, uh, I mean, uh, US, uh, Portugal, Italy, my class, I mean, uh, Greece. Uh, Netherlands, so, I mean, above, uh, all these people, all the people were there, they were coming, they were in our class, so we interacted quite a bit. And I realized that uh, my, my, I it took tremendously, my confidence went up. Mm -hmm. I said that, I mean, I can do. So but many of the things which I learned, and my faculty also supported me tremendously. Uh, tremendously. The visiting faculty who came, there was one visiting professor used to come, Professor Bernard Field, and he has returned. He is considered to be the godfather of architectural conservation in right. UK. He has written the famous book on conservation. He has written many books, but the famous one is Conservation of Historic Buildings. Mm -hmm. So he was there. I mean, he, I mean, uh, so we had interaction with all those people, and uh, and I had the confidence. Uh, but my confidence went up drastically very high and conservation was a very young field there was nobody doing conservation in india at that time mm -hmm. when i came back i got projects intact gave me projects mm -hmm. i mean i mean you know i'm talking about 1987 when i returned from uk there was no course in india on conservation so i mean um, anuradha who was my class went into academics yeah so, so I had this huge gap of uh, doing projects. Uh, so I got some exposure on conservation, which brought my interest. And uh, at that time, there were very less number of projects because people were not talking about conservation during those days. Mm. Less number of projects. So many of the projects which I did for intact were in the report form. Mm -hmm. Many of the works were carried out after five years or 10 years. So, but then all these things which I learned, I thought, well, I learned how to, I mean, I did not learn architecture, but I learned how to do a, a building in a historic city. This was taught in my college. 
See, that is one of the things. Many of the architects are not taught. That is why all kinds of horrible buildings come in historic settings. So I was taught how to do, how to match the scale, how to match the proportion, how to match the opening sizes. So all these things were taught. We were shown great examples of how to do it. So I learned tremendously in that process, and which uh, which learned. And and when I came back, most of the projects didn't happen. So I had to switch over to new buildings. So I, whatever, that is, this is where the changes happen. One of the other reasons. I learned a new field, which Laurie Baker was not, I mean, he was for conservation. He argued for conservation. He, he did buildings which are more, more matching with the Kerala traditional architecture. But for me, I learned it in a different way, uh, which I had to use it in new projects. And somehow it clicked. You understand that. So I did not use much of a technology or anything. It is not the technology which matters. Hmm. Uh, but you see, see whether to reduce the cost in building construction or whether you want to do conserve an old building, you need to have higher forms of knowledge. You need to know more. And I, for me, I had to learn everything myself because I worked with Baker only for nine months. After that, I never worked with anybody. Mm -hmm. So everything, so now I do big projects or master plans or lab or various things I do. So I learned all these things in the process, but I learned it in my, quite a bit of the things I learned in my masters in conservation. They teach about urban conservation. They teach about building conservation. They teach about new buildings to be done. So I saw the examples of my aesthetics might have formed between all these things yeah. with the Laurie Baker's influence and all these things. And then it would have evolved over a period. My clients taught me a lot of things. So all these things uh, made a lot of changes. And you were also working with the government on conservation projects a lot, right? See, that I started working only from 2008 onwards. Right. Before that, I hardly done any government projects. I've done only might have done one or two government projects before that. But after 2008, now also after 2008, for the last 12 years, I'm doing projects, but I, I'm doing only three or four. I might have done only five projects at the most for the government. But those projects were big. You understand that they were not small projects. The projects were big in size. Mm -hmm. So that's, I mean, there were conservation projects. Or, I mean, there were some new buildings as well. Uh, in some some projects, but uh, so that's how I just did government. I initially was very reluctant to take up this government project. I said uh, I'm not interested in taking up this government project. But uh, uh, there was a I mean minister, present finance minister was a minister in 2008, and he said uh, I mean I want you to do this project. So that's how I started working on that project. Uh, now, so I, my my I'm not I'm I'm not much into government projects. These two projects I'm just doing. So when I did the Musiris Heritage Project, mm. which is considered to be very unique, which has won many awards and all those things, people said you are. It is in a, happening in a very remote area, rural area. So people said that, I mean, uh, it is possible to do these things because it is in a traditional, in in a rural area kind of thing. So it is many of these things. So a lot of my friends and when I go, people said it is not possible. So when Alapi Heritage Project came, 
which is to do with the historic center of Alepi. I took up that project because uh, many of the things which, I mean, uh, these principles are equally valid in existing district. Existing, mm -hmm. Alepi is a district headquarters, a town. Existing buildings are there. So it is not only in a rural setting, you can do a heritage, you can do a, this thing in an existing town or setting. So that is why I just decided to take up Alepi project. I'm not planning to take too many government projects. All right. Because uh, it is it's, uh, it's not very easy to do government projects. Uh, so, I mean, uh, my hands are full. Right. Although government approached me to do more projects, I refused. Yeah, actually, I wanted to touch in uh, just a bit about, you know, the government raising down certain heritage buildings like the Pragati Maidan. And now they're trying to re try revamp the uh, Central Vista in Delhi. So, uh, do you feel that's uh, good for the field in general? I mean, that is in a way, uh, destroying the history, right? You see, I'm not in a position to comment on many of these things because I'm not aware of, I've not studied the Central Vista project, for example. Hmm. But uh, some of my architect friends have been involved with that project. And uh, some of the people whom I respect quite a bit have criticized that project. Hmm. So uh, I think many of the concerns which these people have taken are very valid and should be taken into consideration. But my direct involvement, because of the lack of time or lack of details, I've not mm. studied any of these things in, 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 in detail. Uh, generally, what I can say, history should not be destroyed, whether it was part of the British history, which we might like to forget. Because uh, I'll give an example. I went to Germany, Munich. Hmm. And uh, I've seen the Auschwitz concentration camp, which is a famous, where hmm. lakhs of people were killed. I mean, the most famous one in Poland. I visited many years ago. And this I had an opportunity to visit five, six years ago. I don't remember which year. I went to Munich and went to this uh, concentration camp in Germany, which is called the Dachau concentration camp. Hmm. So this concentration camp was very close, outskirts of, not very close, on the outskirts of Munich. So I went to see the concentration camp where people were killed in, I mean, typical things. And there were a, a crematorium and barbed wire across. If people tried to jump, they were killed. So all these things you can just see, this concentration camp. And since I've, our office is doing a lot of museums now, we are, that is, as I said, that is one of the typologies we are getting. We are, we are doing at least about 10 museums in different parts now. Mm -hmm. And uh, that we have not published any of those projects because they are all in the pipeline. Mm -hmm. And so you will see in the next two, three years that those projects will be, a, a, I mean, they are in the, I mean, finalized, finalization stage um, work is going on our designs are over much work one of the them will get uh, inaugurated in the next two or three months so the so this one because of that i just went and uh, just talked to the curator and just saying i mean it is in germany it is a cruelty done by the germans towards the jews and you have put this as a museum for the people to see mm. you you understood my the thing, what the my question. Yeah. So you are in Germany, you are showing the cruelty done by the Germans towards the Jew, Jews and other people, 
and you are putting a museum for all the people to come and see it is it is a public place i mean you can take a ticket and you can see the museum and he told me why he is doing it he said the future generation in germany should know the cruelty done by the germans towards the jews and other communities so that we never repeat such a crime against humanity yeah understand that so we should not brush aside history we should try to portray the history in its true terms and uh, we should know about the struggles went over by our forefathers in getting the freedom for this country the all the things but it is not i mean there is no point in hating the british or many of the or the portuguese or any but they are part of our history it happened at one point in time all kinds of things and uh, um, we have to take a very different attitude so history should not be tampered with history should not be destroyed but it should be used as a, we should learn about history so that we don't repeat many of the things or many of the mistakes many of the crimes which has happened in the past but many people forget about this aspect why we learn history of architecture i mean history of architecture every architect who my pet 99 person have told me we don't know why we are learning the history of architecture <laughs> yeah. uh, history of architecture you would also felt the same <laughs> yeah. but uh, so i said that is because the way you are taught the history of architecture Mm-hmm. history of architecture is not to be taught by the number of dates or the span of a dome or which year it was constructed mm-hmm. that is not important why did this building come up in that place what was the technological advancement which happened in that building the way history then then it will help architects to think about it we had a, I, my director of my institute in uk was a great architectural historian he was not an expert in conservation Mm. has not done even a single might not have done even a single project conservation project it was a architectural historian so he used to take classes for us which brought opened my eyes towards looking at architectural history of course there is a european architectural history because that is what we were taught mm. i mean they never taught us the indian architectural history but he could relate and try to do what what the indian so the way the history is to be taught the way the history is to be studied matters quite a bit derrick lindstrom who was the written many books as well mm-hmm. famous architectural historian was the director and uh, he taught us how to look at history i i was a pet student of his i was very close to him and i used to use my a little bit of my spare time towards learning from him i mean as i said earlier i've learned from so many people and uh, i mean uh, derrick lindstrom is one of the people whom i learned how architectural history should be looked at it is not the dates and the span and the style and the year etc which is important why that building came there it is yeah. not the kings who are important yeah. who built it it's a it is not that i mean that there was so way the way the history our uh, history of architecture should be taught is very different i used to take us a course on history of architecture which was very useful open my eyes towards uh, these things i just wanted to do this at some point with uh, uh, so that it will benefit i wanted to do a similar this this course or the similar this thing on the architectural history the way history should be looked at i hope i'll i just spend some time on it reading about it 
and so i need some time i don't know when i yeah able absolutely to i mean uh, the most i mean lot of us can relate to the fact that history of architecture and bark is a very dull subject maybe because the faculty but uh, and coming to no, my last yeah because the faculty also doesn't know they have been taught <laughs> the same way so you can't yeah. the it is just one it is passed on from generation to another and it is always a junior faculty who is given this task of teaching <laughs> architecture all the senior professors will take design and other things and juniors doesn't have any choice except to um, do this but i i just thought it's my understanding of the history of architecture which led me in designing better buildings mm. i'm very clear about it and that training i got from my uk course my uk mm. professor and i traveled across i traveled for 3 months in europe in 86 87 mm. 3 months i do the scholarship which was given to me was very lavish it is to leave the style of a, a british student Wow! Okay. I mean, we don't give that kind of style because they they give the scholarship based on the amount of money you require for an hour. They have some calculation things. So you the must have attended a lot of parties and all that, right? Ah, well, ah, well. That 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 is why the scholarship. <laughs> yeah. Can have beer and also beer is not very expensive. Water is more expensive. <laughs> all right. All right. <laughs> so that is that is how it is so i mean it helped me tremendously in looking at uh, architecture and the way it should be that all right all right so i think we had uh, quite a great session yeah. um i just have one last question because i'm sure a lot of students would uh, would be interested in uh, in listening to you know what's your take on the architectural education system and uh, whether it's uh, substandard or whether it can be improved uh, i mean you've i'm sure you've taught in a lot of colleges you've been an external jury member uh, you've had quite an experience i'm and you've done a phd in iit later on in life as well so what's your take on at least on how we can improve the bark in and do we need to study 5 years of architecture okay uh, taking from my experience uh Uh, you don't need five years. All that you need is two years of working under a master architect, hmm. master designer. You don't need any of these education. <laughs> All these great designers. What prompted me? What inspired me was many of the great architects who won many Fisker Prize awards. Many of the architects whom I adore a lot doesn't have a degree in architecture. Starting yeah. from Tahao Ando, Louis Sullivan, Peter Sumpter, B. V. Doshi, Frank Lloyd Wright, Frank Lloyd Wright, Corbusier, Buckminster Fuller. So there are a lot of people. I mean, that I'm not uh, using it, but uh, so that is one thing. Now the ad architectural education. There are a lot of seminars and all those things going all across, saying that how to reform the architectural education and all those things. and it has been going on for many years i don't think any result <laughs> come out of it so if you think that our architectural educational system because it's a system it is not our school system has so many defects our medical education might have so many systems mm. so many defects so it is not easy to improve mm. i mean it's i don't think any major change is going to happen to any of the architects i have my take on it mm. how it should be improved but it is not possible 
even if you change the syllabus or curriculum, you have to give extensive training to the faculties. You have to change. Yeah. And it's not a cosmetic change that you require. You need a surgery. You have to remove <laughs> certain uh, so it is not very easy. So if we think that the architectural scene will change with the educational system, it is not going to happen. Mm. Now, what could be done at this point is for the individual architects who pass out or while you are a student, try to search for what they should be doing in the future. Mm. There are enough opportunities in this country. There are a lot of youngsters, very talented youngsters, doing very good quality work across India. Hmm. And there are a lot of people. The problem with them, I mean, I have a uh, problem with them. I don't want to name them because I might be naming some of them, but I, I hope you understand what yeah, I'm I saying. Very innovative work, not going out of the conventions and all those things. The problem with many of these youngsters, I mean, this is not something which is happening now. I have been seeing it. I've been watching it for the last 35 years. What has happened? Many of them were not able to sustain or continue what they have been doing. Hmm. My success, or if I see what I've been doing, is because I was able to continue it, keep it, and try to work with that thing. Many others have not been able to do so. They do some good work, disappear. I mean, they make a, I mean, they become well known. After 10 years, you do look at them, they are not anywhere in the picture. Mm-hmm. So this is a mistake. So, so I tried to do a post, a Facebook post. I mean, it's there in my blog, in my website. Why architects do not become successful in career? Why? Most of the architects. It is not the talent alone which matters. It is the journey or how you go about it, which, which, matter, which matters quite a bit. Now, let us not go into what should be done to be successful. I don't want to go into that. But for the educational system, educational system is not giving certain things to you. Mm. You understand that. As a student, for you to grow into your overall holistic architect, our education system is defective mm. in doing it. Our education system is defective. And uh, we will be, see, unless the architecture student realizes it himself, he will never be able to come out of it. Hmm. So the first thing an architecture student has to understand is that I am going through an educational system which is defective. And if I pass out, which uh, uh, I mean, I'm not able to do, you know, you know that, yeah. that uh, I yeah. mean, uh, I should be able to, uh, be able to come out of it. That effort is very important. That, that is the effort. So, which, so anybody who have been able to do make some changes have taken such an effort and they become successful and the, they will be able to sustain their success for a long period of time. And they will be able to keep on improving their architecture over a period of time. For example, one of the things which you see in India is that Architects become famous by the age they reach 35, 40. Mm. They do some big projects or famous projects. When they reach 50, 55, the curve goes down. Mm-hmm. You understand? It'll take many of those, many of those, many people. I don't want to name, but if you just take anybody, by the time 60, they are out. Right. 
But if you look at the architectural curve of the architects, many of the architects abroad who have been very successful. Jeffrey Bauer took a degree in architecture at the age of 38. Yeah. He took a, he was a lawyer by degree, qualification. He decided to do architecture. He took an architecture degree at the age of 38. I.M. Pei, Frank Gehry, uh, all these people are in their 70s and 80s. Corbusier did Chandigarh in his 70s, I think. Yeah. You understand that? Look at an Indian architect who have become famous at the age of after 60 or 70. It will be only Laurie Baker. Or DD contractor. <laughs> you understand what I'm trying to say? So this is a, this is where something has gone wrong. This one of the if you just tell me as an architecture, the greatest enemy of you is yourself. The feeling that you have got. I have learned my five years of architecture. I'm fit to do anything. Only thing is that I'm not getting opportunities. Yeah. If I get projects, I will do anything. Others are getting projects. That is why they are doing. And this this attitude is the yeah. is the thing kills the architecture too. Because that is what they are being cultivated. Yeah. For example, when I was very young, I was very young when I was doing a project. I asked for CV. I don't want to tell which college. One of the prominent colleges. The student, I mean, the person who what I said, please send you a CV. He said, I studied in this college. You want? I was. <laughs> No, this was the attitude. See, at that time I was not famous. Now people send CVs and portfolios and letters one after the other. But at that <laughs> time when I was not famous, I mean, this is the thing. I mean, we are from yeah. this college. Yeah. So this kind of where, I mean, this kind of thing. F fake is ego, what, right? It is not, it's not an ego. I, do, I will not blame any of the students, but this is what they are made to look like. Okay. They are being taught in the first year, no, you are the conductor, you are the director, you are the kingmaker. Everybody is below you. Yeah. See, how can you do a project with that? If a film director does, he has to look after all the other people. He has to, even a light boy is very critical for him steam. And here you are asked to boss over everybody, supervise everybody. You are the king. You are the decision maker. This is the attitude. And with that attitude, they walk into our office. First thing we just, in my office, we have a different kind of system by which we do. But I'll just tell you one of my friends, I mean, whom I met in UK, two mm -hmm. architects friends I met, and they said they work with Tadawondo. Mm -hmm. And they said they joined Tadawondo's office. And the work which Tadawanda gave them the first name, gave them a toothbrush, asked them to clean the glass. Oh, wow. This is what Tadawanda gave these two British architecture students, or just fresh end architects. Mm -hmm. You ask something like that to be done to any of the Indian architects, I mean, you can, you can see what is happening. <laughs> see, they, they, I mean, just, just there. You see, you have to understand that. Uh, it is a field. the actual field is very different, but this is what they are being cultivated into mm. right from the first year. The teachers tell them, You are the king, you are everybody is below you, you decide. But see, you control anything with your knowledge. If you don't have knowledge, if you don't know how to take a proper decision, whether it's an engineer, structural engineer, or a building services engineer, or air conditioning engineer, they will not listen to you. They know better. They will think. They will keep quiet, the, including the contract. They will keep quiet. But just you turn around, they say, what this man has studied, he doesn't know A, B, C, D. Yeah. 
you have to control the site you have to you have to get accepted as the director of a building as the architect of a building with your higher knowledge not by your degree or by your qualification the day the architect realizes it their growth will start at that point and you do you don't and that is what i i have seen many young architects i have seen i have gone to architectural colleges and i have seen senior faculties you know we never got a project like this otherwise we could have done like you mm. You, you understand i've seen people reacting like that they think that i have been able to do these projects because i got all these projects mm. i did not canvas i never now i've never gone and asked for a project to anybody projects came in search of me so this is uh, this is this is whatever so unless they tell people have to look at from that viewpoint i mean there are so many other facts so education is impossible so Uh, I mean, I'll tell you another story. I don't know whether it's too long, it is long, or anything. Yeah, I, no problem. No problem. Anyway, it's a, it's a only a recording, so you can edit it and whatever. See, when I did my engineering course, hmm. I mean, I told you after the first semester I was a dropout. So my some of the marks which I got was very very low in hmm. some subjects, not only in other things. So I went and met the mentor. Doctor Parameshwaran, who was guiding me or anything, and uh, I uh, see I was searching for certain things which many people search even now. They don't find the answer, so they don't become successful. I found the answer, so I became successful, or I I had a career. Mm. Many people, I mean, you have taken to podcasting. You decided to quit architecture and concentrate on this. But at one point. i mean uh, uh, i mean uh, many people do this i mean you have found many of your fellow friends having the same issues so i just told him and he told me put me told me one thing there are two kinds of people who doesn't get marks mm. one category they don't study so they don't get marks <laughs> you understand that is first category yeah. that the second category they don't get marks they study what should be actually be studied Mm. You understand that they also don't get marks. So when anybody applies to my office, even with lesser marks, I just check why did they get lesser marks? Mm -hmm. Because I was a person who did not score very high marks. So I would like to see whether anybody is like me, whether they did the right thing and what kind of exposure they had, or why did they why they didn't get good marks. so if they are if somebody who is not good if they really went in search of architecture there is one more thing i'll go one of the books which i read i mean i still have the copy there is a book called workbook of an unsuccessful architect mm. written by a us architect planner named harry stone his name is harry stone it's the entire book is handwritten by him wow. with his sketches i mean the first part deals with his uh experience in as a student the mm. first part of the book the second part deals with his journeys to europe looking at all these historic buildings palladian structures and what he studied and thing so he has made sketches of these buildings the third part of the book is when he worked as a young planner how the professional decisions were overruled how things are not going the way we learn in school as a planner mm -hmm. he worked as a planner in a small town called new haven 
he studied in Yale University. I mean, this is thing. So this book is there. I just, I mean, this book was published in 19, at least in 1982. I got this book in 1984 or some, 84 or something. I got hold of this book and I still have that old copy of the book. I bought this book for 20 rupees or something. At that time, at that time 20 rupees was very valuable. <laughs> in this book, he is talking as a student. He said, mm. when the faculty gives a design for doing a, Say, say, for example, school design. Mm. He is asked to do a school design. So uh, he said that, and there'll be two weeks time limit for submitting the same. Mm. I'm just assuming two weeks. He says that I will study what kind of school building be. I'll think about the concept, how, I mean, he spends all his time trying to study the users or the students are bringing in new elements for which he has to refer to so many books and uh, references and try to bring in a new design. At the end of the 14 days, he will put this th thought together. Whereas the other architecture students in his class will copy from some of the other books, some design, mm -hmm. school design or something, and spend one day on the design and 13 days on rendering and mm -hmm. presenting it and also. They will get 80 marks, he will get 40 marks. Mm -hmm. Because the teachers are also not in a position to understand the quality of the design or how it is to be given. This is where the one of the things I would like to say the Indian educational system is very bad. I had architects coming and interning with me from various countries. Mm. I mean, at least 15 countries, students are students and architects are also come and intern with me at different mm. times. So most of these foreign architects who come and intern with me, one quality they find is that, for example, there was a, she's in US now, Sabrina is named. She was from, she studied in New Zealand. Mm -hmm. And she came and told me, the more they deviate out of their designs, conventional design, if they are asked to do a school, if they do a very unconventional school, they are given more marks and more credits. Mm -hmm. You understand that, to, to do out of the ordinary, because that means they have made a thinking or they, they ideation. Yeah, importance of this thing they are trying to make. Because that is what design is. Mm -hmm. And it's an academic exercise. So you should make the thing. Here what happens if the, uh, for example, I one of the buildings which I won an award in 2002, designer of the year. I mean, that building, the dining room comes first. You enter the dining room and then you enter the living room. So uh, here we have certain convention that the living room will should come first. And then the dining room should, yeah. end, should be there. All the lintels should matter. The door height and the window, yeah. window height should be the same. <laughs> and I've done buildings where the door height and the window the window height doesn't match at the mm. I've done buildings. And I won awards for those buildings as well. So, so all these kind of unconventional thinking is what the teachers, unfortunately, in India, they don't promote. But in foreign architecture schools, they promote, they support this in a big way. Because I, when I did my master's, I gone and given lectures in various architecture schools. I got an opportunity to, I mean, many people worked with me. I gone to various architecture schools abroad. And I just find that this is something we, they encourage. They are, they are very critical. They want students to think. The teacher's role is not to tell, no, the dining room cannot be like this. If the student brings something like that, the teacher will say, of course, you have done the dining room like this. This has a drawback like this. Why don't you think 
were trying to solve that. Teachers' work is to create rather than impose. When you impose, you destroy the creativity of the students. Many students have come to me and told the teachers have destroyed their creativity. If they don't do what the teachers say, when they are thesis, I mean, thesis, it happens more the student, because that is where they get involved so much with the design. Yeah. And they say the internal faculty is not supporting. They come. I said, if you don't do it according to the internal faculty, you might not pass. Mm. Whereas in a, in a foreign university, they are very broad minded. In India, unfortunately, in most of the colleges, it is not correct. The teachers try to impose their ideas on the students and tell the there is I there is no right and wrong in architecture. Everything depends on the context. What is wrong in one context can be right. The same design can be right in another context, unless the students are exposed to. So it is that is why I said it is impossible to refine the education system now. The way the mess over the it is there. You learn from it. Your role from the first year onwards, you had to realize this and working towards what the good architecture is. Now there is a lot of opportunities available to yeah, learn absolutely various aspects. That is what the students should be doing.